What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes back with another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast after an amazing week three in college football, especially for those that proudly wear the red and black. Um, We loved having Chris Phillips on, but... uh, Who called it? (laughs) Yeah, that was rough. And Georgia didn't even rush well, and that was rough. Um, Yeah, no, it was just... It, we'll do. We'll probably do a couple for better or worse this week. But kind of everything played out the way Vegas said it would, uh, to my detriment on a couple things. Um, and then we'll go ahead and go over our bets from this week because we were both making money. I accidentally made money. I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> so Wes, you're you're drinking that apple cider. It's actually empty now. Oh. Boo. We're going to yeah. have to start recording on weekends if you're not going to drink with me anymore. I'll drink with you. It's just I didn't feel like drinking tonight. This is one of those nights I just didn't feel like drinking. Honestly, recording nights and game days are really the only time I drink anymore. Yeah. I would, yeah. It's so hot down here, and I work in the heat a lot. If I drink more than a couple glasses of whiskey, I need an IV in the morning. Yeah. When I wake up, and it's 85 degrees and 100% humidity, it don't feel good. I just wish it would be 85 here in general right now. I'm in hoodies. Oh, this morning on my way to work, I had to turn the heat on because it was 70. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) You could be here. I could. I could. Just just voluntarily PCS to Fort Stewart and get mold and eaten by an alligator. Dude, I might put that in my preference. My preference list is coming up, so I might put that. I might put Stewart in my top ten. If you can find a way to get on Hunter, it's much better than Stewart. Oh, yeah, my dad was there. Yeah, no, we do some work on Hunter. I much prefer it to Stewart, and I've spent a lot of time on Stewart. Yeah. But, you know, enough about military shit that most of y'all don't care about. (laughs) Or... (laughs) Um, we're going to get into some of these games from week three. Um, we're actually going to start with a game that we somehow skipped last week. Our two bandwagon teams played each other. And, um, no matter what happened in week one, Oregon showed the hell up. Yeah, they did. The other day. What is it? It's 41 to 20. Bo Nix was responsible, whether for passing or rushing, for five touchdowns for the second week in a row. God damn. And BYU looked phenomenal up until Saturday. Um, when was this kickoff? 3.30? That's when they started looking bad. <laughs> Just being honest. And – you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say this to save myself a little bit of grief. Um, BYU is still without their top two receivers. Oh Jesus! Here we go. Should, I, hey, I'm about I'm about to say it should not have made that much of a difference. That was an awful <laughs> performance with those two receivers. The way this game played out, 38-41. It would have been closer, but I don't. I still don't think they would have won with the way that. Somehow Bo Nix looks like a quarterback that actually knows how to play football right now. Yeah, what, 13 of 18, 222 yards? And a lot rushing, too. He had 35 rushing. Only 35 rushing? Yeah, he was the third-leading rusher. 
Sir. Bo Nix, a third leading rusher. Have we witnessed a rebirth of Bo Nix? I mean, granted, the first leading rusher was, had 97, second had 66, and Bo Nix was 35. Still. I, yeah. BYU gave up 212 yards on the ground, and that is absolutely unacceptable. That's even with McGee having negative 22 rushing yards. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was a... That was a rough day for uh, for me being a temporary cougar. Yeah, let's let's hear it. Did, did we say it before this? What? These were our bandwagon teams, and well, oh yeah, no, we talked about it. Um, my bandwagon team won. They did, and they <laughs> showed out. Yeah. Once again, Bo Nitch responsible for five touchdowns, second week in a row. That's crazy. Which means. Which means he's how many touchdowns ahead of Anthony Richardson? It, um, here we go. Throwing. He has seven. Mm, seven touchdowns. How many tackles? Because that we all know that's the important stat for quarterbacks. <laughs> Dude, I love throwing those stats. I know we're gonna we talked about it in the next episode, <laughs> but yeah, I love and, throwing that out there. <laughs> anytime we get to just shit on Florida after their week one, they hyped up them having a Heisman quarterback wearing 15 again. It just – it brings joy to my heart for Florida fans to be in misery. And yeah. I love a lot of Florida fans, but I don't care. I don't. So, next, we'll go ahead and move into – you were happy for a minute. Yeah, so, let – go ahead. Before we move on, so, is Oregon good or did Georgia just make them seem that inferior? Or they, or is BYU just that bad? It's just recency bias. Oh, Wes, giving me a for better or for worse question here. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> is it recency bias with BYU, or like did Georgia just make Oregon look that bad? So, if you've listened to the show since the preseason, y'all know I'm high on BYU. They have the highest return or second highest returning production in the country off a ten win team for last season. Their defense is significantly better this year. Um, so I don't think it's BYU being bad. I think they were hurt, but I don't think they're bad. I think Georgia is just that good. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, the whole thing is we're a Georgia podcast. We look at everything through red and black glasses. I get it. But and I, it's already been murdered in the media after that show and at South Carolina. Is the <clears throat> takeaway Take away – let me rephrase this. If Georgia doesn't play an A-level game, not even an A-plus, just like an A, if Georgia doesn't play an A-level game, how many teams in the country can beat Georgia in all three phases of the game? They don't play an A-level game? Yeah, say Georgia plays a B, B game. I mean, Jermaine Burton and Malachi Starks have the same amount of catches. So I'm not going to go with Alabama. And after that return, Malachi might have more yards. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> and I, I mean, mean, that – go ahead. Peter Burns said that no one's going to come within double digit or single digits of Georgia this season. And look – I, I've said it before, and I told you earlier when we were texting, I, I don't know if I'll ever be cured of my Mark Richt anxiety syndrome. 
I don't. But I think Alabama would have to play their best game of the season to be able to beat this Georgia game if Georgia played in a, just their standard A-level game. They'd have to have another SEC championship game like last year. Right. Right. To beat Georgia. <clears throat> but we're not on that Georgia game quite yet. We'll we'll get to it. An actual breakdown of what happened on Saturday here in a minute. Yes. Next game we're going to bring up, Penn State-Auburn. You were happy for long enough. <sighs> not even so, <laughs> and man, Auburn was close for the first half. In all reality, they were. It was 14 6 going into the half. And they were down 7 to 6 with a minute 46 left in the game. And then Penn State scored one, two, three, four. Penn State scored four times in a row to make it 31 6 before. Auburn scored another game or another point. They outscored Auburn in the second half, twenty-seven to six. That's ugly. That's that's uglier than the damn orange and blue they wear. That's ugly, ugly. You know what I think it was? I think it's because they didn't come out in orange jerseys. I'm sure it's because they didn't wear orange jerseys. That's yeah, it. I'm a I'm a that's jersey boy. I can't remember who it was that called me that. I am a jersey boy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it was, shout out because neither of us remember. I, I can't, but no, I, I honestly thought Jordan Hare was going to make a difference. Um, and they did in the first half. They did. They did. Uh, Sean Clifford, welcome to the SEC, got okay. laid out in that first drive. But I think what makes me most mad about this game is the fact that after the game, a Penn State player took a sledgehammer to the SEC logo on on the field. Like you I let a big to. yeah. You let a big team team come into your state and just straight up embarrass you. That'll get avenged at some point this season. By who? But I don't matter. Bowl game, playoff. I'm I mean, not making a bowl game. We don't have to worry about that embarrassment again. They have I mean they have the opportunity to meet in a bowl game because I mean the pit, Big Ten SEC meet damn near every bowl game. All the ones that matter. Yeah. So I can see them meeting again. And I Tank Bisbee, Tank Bigsby was obsolete. It didn't touch the ball at all in the second half, which he is your best player. Not not just offensive player. Tank Bigsby is your best player on that team. And you don't even give him the opportunity to do what he does best. Right now, the University of Auburn is telling Tank Bigsby that he should have transferred this offseason when he was talking about it. Dude, so I'm looking at the box score now. Tank Bigsby had 39 yards, right? Yep. Robbie Ashford and TJ Finley, the two quarterbacks were second and third in rushing. With the same amount, if not more, carries. Yeah. TJ had nine and Robbie Ashford had 11. Yeah, and God. And I know, I know I'm going to say it in the episode that we're putting out later this week. Zach Calzada cannot be that bad. No. This, it's, not, it's not physically possible to be worse than the production that Auburn quarterbacks have put on the field so far. There's got to be something wrong with him. Unless he's hurt, there, there's no way. Because 
from what I saw, Auburn receivers were able to get enough separation to where a competent quarterback could have made some throws. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what Brian Harson's doing. Um, I know, we'll talk about it once again in a later episode, but I, I don't see him going anywhere though. I see him staying at Auburn. I don't see them getting rid of him. Harson. Harson. You think he makes it to kickoff next year? Yes. I think he – are you writing that down? I feel like you're writing that down. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm like just he, looking. I feel moving on, he he will do enough. He's going to pull the whole – wait till I get my players in kind of bullshit, you know, that coach decided to pull. And I, I think he at least makes it the next year. But this game against Missouri is a must-win, though. That's that's like that's what I'm saying. And we'll get into our breakdown of that game later in the week. But they play four if, fucking wait one two three yeah four five home games in a row. That's crazy. No, they're at Ole Miss. Oh, they had two three home games before that. Never mind. You're correct. Yeah. But their schedule coming up is Missouri, who, if they can put it together, has the talent to beat Auburn. Then they play LSU at home, and LSU is just looking better and better by the day. And if Sean Clifford ran all over this Auburn defense, you know Jaden Daniels will. That's about all he can do. And then you've got Georgia coming into town on what is the best day for college football this season. October the 8th. That is when all the good games are happening. Then they go to Ole Miss. Arkansas comes in. And then Jeez. they play Mississippi State. At, then they play at Mississippi State. Let's, in my I opinion, I, I would be shocked if Brian Harson still has a job when Western Kentucky comes to Auburn on November the 19th. I see two wins from here on out. And that's... That's assuming they beat Western Kentucky, who's had a very good offense the last few years. Yeah. I mean, they have a 66.4% chance to win. <laughs> that's that's tough. And Western Kentucky's quarterback, as of right now, has over-doubled T.J. Finley's passing yards. Jesus. Yeah, Auburn's down bad. And like we said against Georgia Tech, and Auburn is obviously not to the level of Georgia Tech, um, we want our rivals to be better. We want good games. And if we can't have them, then put somebody else on the schedule. Like, I love beating Auburn. It's one of my favorite things every year. It really is. But, but in the situation where you're trying to make the playoff year in and year out, you can't have – in conference cupcakes. <laughs> yeah. I, we'll we'll continue this hate train when we go and talk about you know what? Let's let's just go ahead and get to it. Florida. Anthony Richardson win another four quarters without scoring a touchdown, a passing touchdown, I should say. <laughs> um against USF. And I haven't pulled up the CBS 130, but the Bulls are bad. They are perennially a bottom 10 team out of FBS schools. 
And Anthony Richardson's QBR was 11.6 on Saturday. They needed USF to miss a hold on a game-tying field goal to not go into overtime. And somehow, they are still ranked. We know why. We said it in the group. They are ranked. So game day could go to the game against Tennessee. And then they're going to get slaughtered and drop way out. But we'll break that. We'll have the episode breaking that game down here uh, just, here later this week. I just saw a tweet. It was comparing Tim Tebow and Anthony Richardson. It said, this is Tim. And it said, this is him. I'm like, no. no. How can the only thing they have in common is they both wear 15. Yes. And they both play at Florida. (laughs) Yeah. They're both quarterbacks that wear 15 and play at Florida. And if you can come up with a comparison past that, please send me a message because I would love to hear how delusional you are. I just want to know, like, how someone can look at his box scores, like his stats for the season, and be like, this is. This dude's good. 35.9 QBR. Hell, I could probably have a better QBR, and I'm five fucking four. Hey, don't hate on five four quarterbacks. Bryce Young won the Heisman. <laughs> but, like, he I, – I can't put into words the dumpster flyer that Florida is. It's literally neck and neck comparison with Auburn right now, in my opinion, for dumpster fires. I keep trying to get Willie Napier to block me on Twitter, but he won't. So I'm just going to keep tweeting at him until he blocks me. Just absurd shit. The only difference between Florida and Auburn at this point is that Florida has better athletes on the field that can make plays. Florida has Auburn doesn't have the offense to make plays. Yeah, Florida has potential. Uh, Scary to say because, I mean, Trevor Etienne – He's not a bad running back. No, absolutely not. Florida doesn't have bad running backs, but when the when the defense knows you're going to run the ball every single play, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and what what I don't understand is how did who's their back? Do they have a backup? If they have a backup and he's put a worse passing performance than Anthony Richardson, then they need to try and get a midseason transfer or pull a South Carolina and get a grad assistant on the field. I just don't think he's played. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see any stats for him. I know they do have a backup because I want to say he was highly recruited. Like, how, how do you keep Anthony Richardson in for, what, yeah, 12 quarters and be okay with it? Florida's down bad. Yeah, thank God. But like you said, we don't need – and conference cupcakes. We already have Vanderbilt. We don't. Hell, Vanderbilt might be the second best team in the East right now. <laughs> it's. I never would have thought that Georgia had more competition in the state of Tennessee than pretty much the rest of the East combined. And I think we're both fairly high on Kentucky, but they went no. almost the entire first half without scoring against Youngstown State. I'm still not high on Kentucky. Will Levis has showed us exactly what he did last season and that he is mistake prone. Yeah, and we're not going to break down that game because it was 
a blowout towards the end, but it was an ugly blowout, and it's not I, the first one they've had. I've said since our preseason episodes, I'm not high on Kentucky this year. I picked them to go to New Year's Six Bowl just because it's – I think they're going to do good, but I'm not high on them this year. Yeah. Chris Doring at the SEC Network is not looking good. Neither is Takeo Spikes for that matter. Or Desmond Howard. You know what? These guys get paid more than us to be wrong. I wish I was them. Right. You know how easy it is? Like, be, but yeah, this team's going to win. Like, oh, no, I'm wrong. Like, uh, Yeah, they don't get bonuses for being right. They just get less mentions on Twitter. <laughs> so the last game we're going to talk about before we get into the um, Georgia game is Miami at Texas A&M. And, boy, if we thought – there was going to be an incompetent off, or they were supposed to say battle of incompetent offenses. <laughs> I mean, it, look, I didn't watch. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't really watch this game. I was watching the uh, Florida UCF dumpster fire, or at USF dumpster fire. Yeah, I was watching that game just because I wanted to see Florida lose. But looking at this scoring summary, dear God, I'm glad I didn't watch this game. I did. I wish I wouldn't have. <laughs> Um, I I was high on Miami, but good Lord, Tyler Van Dyke, what happened to him? And it didn't help that the receivers at Miami in this game could not catch a cold. Two, they had four defensive backs out for Texas A&M, and Tyler Van Dyke only had 217 passing yards, just over 50% completion. And... Their highest receiver had 56 yards. Yeah, I was going to add this game to my parlay with the Miami money line, and I'm glad I did. Oh, yeah. No, I I stayed away from this one because I knew what I wanted to happen, what I thought would happen. I just didn't have the confidence in it happening. Yeah. So apparently, I was listening to another podcast. We don't plug other podcasts. Um, and Jimbo's apparently eight and two after a loss. So I was like, yeah, not putting money on that. And oh, and not to mention the Georgia transfer, Tyreek Stevenson. Um, him. Yeah, he is arguably the reason that Miami lost this game. He fumbled a punt, and that's how Texas A&M got their second touchdown. Sick. Yeah. Totally forgot about it. <laughs> he was a good player in 2019. He just decided he wanted to go play in Miami and ruin his draft stock. God, yeah. All right. So I think it's time to move on to the Georgia-South Carolina game. Ooh, We've got – we have a lot of interesting things to talk about in this game. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with um, some news. Okay. Um, you know, William Poole deciding not to be with the team anymore uh, for personal issues. Not entering the transfer portal, just stepping away from football. Oh, I didn't have a chance to read the uh, the letter he wrote. Did you read yeah. it? Yeah, he's just stepping away from football. He, he's not entering the transfer portal. He's not leave Like, he's just, he's at least that's what I got from the understanding. He's like, he is stepping away from the game of football. For personal reasons. Well, William, if you hear this, we wish you the best. 
And uh, Georgia would not have won a national championship without you last year because you made a lot of big plays in that game. Yeah. Um, then, yeah. Eric Gilbert, apparently not with the team anymore. Um, so, so I've heard conflicting reports today about that. I read that he's not with a team right now. And then Kirby came out in his press conference today and said he's day to day on if he's going to play this Saturday. I don't know what's going on with him, but same thing. I wish you the best. I we both understand how important mental health is, and if that's the problem, hope hope you figure out whatever you got to figure out because you're a phenomenal athlete and have a long long uh, career in this sport. If that's the way you choose to go, yeah. And then Ad Mitchell is another one day to day. So is his injury or is his personal reasons? His is injury from the first play of the South Carolina game. I know Kirby said that he could have came back in that game, but he wasn't needed. But for him not to – Sanford. Oh, yeah, Sanford. Yeah, my bad. Sanford. And for him saying he could have came back but wasn't needed and then didn't come back for the South Carolina game. Um, I haven't seen anything else um, going against it being an injury. But if he's not – I wouldn't put him in this game. He's not gonna be no. needed. Let let him rest. Let him get healthy, along with a couple other injuries we have. You know, let them rest. Let them get healthy, and they're not gonna be needed. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter only played third downs in Columbia. I think you pretty much keep him out of this whole game. Keep him dressed. Yeah, because he's been that um, too. Yeah, yeah. I this week is hopefully a get right game, not schematically or. Play wise, but health wise, this That's is almost right. a uh, almost a mid season bye week for the injuries that Georgia's accrued so far this year. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved every second of just taking the soul out of the South Carolina fan base. That video of them <laughs> leaving at halftime that almost looked like a reverse of people coming in with how many people were leaving at halftime. Yeah. So, I thought about this earlier today, and I don't know if you've ever watched Harry Potter or care much about it. Yeah. Georgia football seems to be dementors for the rest of the SEC East. It just sucks the joy and life (laughs) out of these teams. Shane Beamer looked like he was questioning his entire life's choices in the third quarter. Dude, I'm just trying to figure out what was going on going into the second quarter, trying to get the sorority whoever off the field. So that was – they had a lot of female athletes from the University of South Carolina doing a Title IX presentation on the field. (laughs) And I I don't want to say anything negative about it, but it almost seems like they did not care enough about the game to get off the field quickly. Yeah, no, they're just like, I had their phones out, like, like, get off the fucking field. And then Shane Beamer did – apparently he was not paying attention to what actually that presentation was. And when he was <laughs> yelling profanities down there at them, he later in the press conference apologized because someone said, hey, coach, that was a Title IX thing. <laughs> and awesome. then going into it, Kirby was just yelling at Shane Beamer across the field the entire game. Yeah. That it seemed like there was some personal hate going on there. So we we did we went on a tangent in our later episode that you'll hear about about that. 
Um, I, and I honestly think it started with the fake punt. The fake yeah. punt off the down and then begging for that one second right before halftime. Like, fuck that, dude. Like, no. Run the damn score up. Like, I, I think that's what started it all. Or maybe now what started it, but, like, what ignited it. Yeah. I almost – the way the offense has kind of slowed down a little bit towards the end of the first half, I almost think that Kirby was going to be happy with, like, a 30-something point win. Um, and then I don't know if I've ever seen a game go well for a team that begs for one second left on the clock. <laughs> Going back to the kick six, every time I've seen a coach throw a fit for one second, it seems like it's just gone terribly the other direction. Yeah, unless you're Kentucky. Because wasn't it last year that they bet for, like, a couple seconds left on the clock and then, like, were the was the first team to score on us last year? Or, like – No, they just called timeouts late in the game and kept uh, their that, starters in. and That's what it was, yeah. I guess Georgia is just that team that everybody tries to get a moral victory against. <laughs> um, I've never been one for moral victories. I, If you lose, you lose. The way you lose makes a difference in your team's attitude, but don't try to say, oh, we scored. Yeah, you kept your starters in on the fourth string defense. Of course you're going to score. Well, I posted it, but um, Nolan Smith was saying the defense was not ha- – was it? Yeah. What, Read the, the quote. Huh? Read the quote. All right. If you're in, you're a starter. We had to do a better job communicating from the sidelines and making sure no one gets in our end zone. They were pissed that the fourth string defense allowed a touchdown. Yeah. So I think it was um, – it was – it was Nolan Smith again. He, after the – um, after that Malachi Starks interception in the first quarter, he went to every single player that played on defense, starter, backup, fourth string, didn't yeah. matter. <clears throat> and he said, do that shit again. Yeah, they come in bunches. Yeah, they come in bunches. Do it again. And if you pay attention to Georgia players off the field, Nolan Smith, until he puts those shoulder pads on, is a reserved, quiet guy. He – Number one overall prospect coming out of high school, graduated valedictorian, 4.0, extremely intelligent guy. He would be – he could do anything he wanted outside of football. And this man is yelling at everyone on the, on the sideline. Yeah. Because he cares that much on top of everything else. He I – don't, I don't care if he gets a sack this season. He's still one of, if not the biggest leader on that defense. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm the one that's noticed it or if you've noticed it or if anybody that's listening has noticed. He doesn't take his helmet off. No. Even when he's not in the game, he is right there in the front with his helmet on, still in the game. So, and this was a long time ago, and I never played football at any sort of considerate level. But they always said, don't take your helmet off. Yeah. They said you're here to play football. You're not here to you're not here to BS on the sideline. You're here to play football. Yeah, and he's, don't take your helmet off. You will see him on that sideline standing next to Jalen Carter, helmet off, but no, no one's right there, helmet on in the in the game. Oh yeah, he'll go far in whatever he does, even if he decides some way somehow not to go 
play football in the yeah. NFL. He'll probably and be that, a seventh round pick like Nicobe Dean. But hey. I, yeah, and being one of the best players on his team as a third round pick as a starter in his very first game. Yeah, but you know, the Falcons took a linebacker quarterback. I don't even know if he even made the roster. If you want to think, if you want the Falcons to make good moves, you better choose a different team. There are plenty of high schools that have Falcons as their mascot. <laughs> but yeah, you ready to get into uh, offensive and defensive MVPs? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Wes, who's the offensive MVP for this week? I don't even think it needs to be said. It's definitely Brock Tavius. <laughs> um, Giving him a name, dude. Dude had his best game of the season. I mean, granted, we're three weeks in, and teams are going to scheme not to allow him to get the ball. But, dear God, the things he did. <laughs> he led the team in receiving with 121 yards. A tight end with 121 yards. They were scheming things to get him wide open. They were putting dudes in motion to open up the middle. And... Brock's right down the middle, and then you're not going to tackle him one on one. Like, and you're not going to catch up if that man gets in the open field. You're not catching up to him. Yeah, no. He also led the team in touchdowns with two, which his first one was ridiculous. That toe tap, oof. He carried my fantasy team, and I still lost. But hey, I'm sorry. He had three. I'm sorry. He had three touchdowns because he had that rushing touchdown that didn't get me any fucking points. Because it wasn't receiving. Yeah. I, yeah, my, my, yeah, my, yeah. This is like the third week in a row that things have been fucked for my team. But hey, sorry. That that's weird. But yeah, no, um, he he went off. Him and Stetson had an amazing day. If I could, if I could do one A, one B, it's Brock and Stetson. All right. Since you're gonna say Brock Tavius, I think he's Brockdomus Prime. Ooh, I like that. I need yeah, that's a graphic. That's a graphic. <laughs> so defensive MVPs, I honestly, I I looked at it. I tried to decide. I got to go with the entire inside linebacker room. So you had Jamon Dumas Johnson. He was my breakout dog in our very first episode. He had six solo tackles, two quarterback pressures. Tresman Marshall, Four solo tackles, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hurry, one interception. Smail Mondin, four solo tackles, one tackle for loss, two quarterback pressures. And then that's just the first three. Dude, Mondin has been going off this season. One of the few good things to ever come out of Paulding County is Smail Mondin. <laughs> now, kids and animal, I mean, he was a five star for a reason. And yeah. last year, he had to put on a little bit of weight, figure out exactly what position he was going to play because he just played athlete on defense in high school. Like, he was outside linebacker, inside linebacker, star corner, safety. He was wherever they needed him to make a play. So last year, it took some figuring out. But uh, selfishly, I want him to come back for a senior year. But I think he's going to be a first-round pick when he comes out if he keeps playing the way he is. Yeah. So it is time for our award that we may not that we may end up renaming just because he seems to he's got it two out of three weeks. But it's time for our Marshall Walker went sixteen yards. He drove right over Orange Church, just driving and running with those big guys. My God, a fresh. 
award. And uh, it can go to none other than Malachi Starks. There's no way it can go to anybody else other than Malachi Starks. He had another interception. He has uh, mm. more. He has the same number of catches as Jermaine Burton. We've already said that. We'll continue to say that. And mm. with that interception return, he may have more yards than Jermaine Burton. Oh, uh, no, I never I was like, oh, let's look that up. I don't think you can look that up. Um, then they track interception yards. Um, yes, they do. He had one pick for 42 yards in this game. Ooh. And I I believe last time I checked, uh, Jermaine Burton has 32 receiving yards. I'm about to pull it up. <laughs> Keep going. I got it. Yeah. So Malachi Starks, true freshman, five-star out of Jefferson High School. He did. He was on campus early, but – I think this dude could have stepped on campus in August and still have been a uh, still have been a star. So we are incorrect because I just pulled it up. Um, Jermaine Burton has eight catches for sixty-one yards. wait. Then where the hell? Why? Why was that stat made about him having two interceptions? Is the same amount of receptions as Jermaine Burton? That's bullshit. He only has 62 yards. Fuck him. Guys, we fact check ourselves. And like I said when I put out that last episode last week, if we ever say something that's stupid, like Tristan Smith called me out on uh, being too biased against Tennessee, so I did go back and rewatch that game. He's partially right. I (laughs) rewatched that Tennessee pick game. We do love hating on anybody that wears orange. So a lot of the things that we said were – we're accurate, but we went we went a little far with some of the things we said. And if you didn't catch it, go back and listen. I put a little bit thing at the uh, beginning of last week's episode. But if there's anything we ever hear that you or we say that you guys think are off base, heat of the moment conversation, call us out, please. We are we are not the hypocrite podcast hosts that are going to say that we're right, even when we're very obviously wrong. Like I said, call us out. I know I'll take it. I know Wes will, too. Unless you're a Florida fan, then fuck you. Well, Florida fans don't have anything to call us out about right now. No, I don't care. Fuck them. (laughs) What's that? My favorite Michael Jordan quote. Fuck them kids. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck them gators. So, Wes, is there anything you want to talk about before we get out of here today? Um... The fact that Kirby Smart has more rings than Nick Saban does without Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart has five rings. Nick Saban only has three without Kirby. (laughs) So needless to say, Kirby is the reason Nick Saban won all those rings. Uh, (laughs) uh, And on that note, (laughs) that was a joke, guys. That was a joke. I, Bama fans don't listen to us. They can't figure out how to use Spotify. Bama fans probably tore both their ACLs. Just just trying to figure out how to use Spotify. Weren't even, they were sitting down to them. <laughs> um, so, same thing I say every week. Our Instagram, nothing.finder.pod. Wes continues to kill it. And then if you ever see a bad graphic or a random picture that gets thrown up, it's probably me. <laughs> Um, 
Facebook group, Nothing Finer Podcast on Facebook. We still have that Gmail, nothingfinerpod at gmail.com if you have found us and don't use social media. The Facebook group has the merch that we're starting to sell. Um, and I've said it before, but everything is made to order with the exception of the stickers. So if you order multiple things, please be patient because we're doing this out of the house. Just trying to get stuff to you guys if you want it. Um, try and get the name out there. And we will still send out stickers if you give us five-star rating and review. And then, yeah, if you share the podcast with someone that starts listening, send us your information. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. Do everything we can to uh, – if you support us, we'll support you kind of thing. Um, yeah. We're trying to get – up to 20 plays per episode and the last few weeks we've been sitting right at 18 so share it if you if you like the show share it with your friends share it on facebook instagram whatever it is we appreciate all the love we appreciate all the messages that we've been getting um and i don't know about Wes, but without the support that we've gotten from you guys so far i probably would have quit already because <laughs> we have more listeners a few weeks in than I thought I would probably have a year in. So much love to you guys. Um, and Wes, if you don't have anything else, we'll go ahead and close it out. Uh, Duke and Kansas have better records than Florida. And with that, there's nothing finer in the land. Then a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.